Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, Phoenix, Bella, Tony, and I are joined by Gabriella Herstic. She is a dynamic witch, author, spiritual stylist, and writer columnist for various publications such as Nylon and The Numinous. Gabby recently released her first book, Inner Witch, A Guide to the Ancient Craft. We are ecstatic to have her join us for this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Gabriella. Welcome, welcome. Yes, so Thank you, guys. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> A question that we always ask our guests is, how did your spiritual journey begin? And when did you claim the title of witch? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So I'm just like, I feel like naturally a fucking like a crystal child. Mm -hmm. I've always been spiritual. Um, I grew up in a pretty interesting spiritual household. My mom is like very into, has always kind of been into like different modalities of healing and energy work. Like grew up around her doing yoga and like eating healthy and meditating and she always had altars and crystals and like never claimed the title of witch but she's definitely a witch we're getting there um <laughs> and my dad is a reform rabbi so I always kind of had this experience of like have, he's amazing and he always fostered my curiosity of the unknown and of God so I always had a space to kind of explore these things mm. like um my mom's also Jewish that's like my ethnicity and the religion I grew up in which is something I'm like appreciating more and more as I grow up. I feel like that definitely fostered a sense of curiosity in me. Um, so I've always been like really, I've always been really spiritual. Like my mom, one of my mom's first favorite memories of me is when I was like two or three and I was angry at my twin sister and she had given me, or she had crystal pyramids and she told me I could like breathe with them when I was angry. So she found me as like a three-year-old, like telling myself to breathe in and breathe out because I was angry at my sister, like just like random shit like that. Aww, that's um, so sweet. Don't necessarily have that much self-control anymore working on it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, um, the summer, or I guess I was in like sixth grade, I was 11 and for Hanukkah, I received a deck of fairy oracle cards by an artist named Brian Frode. And they're these beautiful cards with these like images of like fairies and these like etheric beings on them. And I fell like madly in love mm -hmm. and I wanted to know everything there was to know about fairies and spent all my time in like the occult and metaphysical section of Barnes and Nobles and Borders, R.A.P. And like, I know. <laughs> And um, found this book called A Witch's Guide to Fairy Folk. And like mm. I had gone to Salem, Massachusetts on Halloween, like three years before. I think it was like eight or nine. My aunt was born on Halloween and we went there to celebrate her birthday. And like I went to the witchcraft museum and had them talk, like saw these like wax figures talk to me about witchcraft and like ate a pomegranate and saw a ritual and like went to like Lori Cabot's store. And when I read this book, when I was, you know, like 11 years old on, on witchcraft, I like, even at that age, I just was like, this is it. Like, this is, this is coming home. Like it just, it's still a feeling like I haven't had since then of like intense soul recognition. I just mm -hmm. didn't really have the understanding of it. Um, that summer I was sent to a Jewish sleepaway camp, the first sleepaway camp I ever went to. And 
I had to go through my bat mitzvah for that summer, or not that summer, that year, and like spent every day at the summer camp like crying because I didn't want to be there because I knew I was a witch and I knew I was pagan. And like, you know, my parents definitely thought it was a phase, which I recognize. I'm like, who, like, what 13 year old, like, actually, what 12 year old actually, like, sticks with that kind of thing? But obviously, it's not a phase. Um, <laughs> and I've just been exploring, um, I've been exploring witchcraft and spirituality and different modalities ever since. And I just, yeah, I feel like I knew, I knew when I was like 12 that that I was a witch, I was a neo-pagan witch. And then kind of got initiated into this religion that I, I didn't identify with. And it's been a trip, but here we are. <laughs> so um, just letting you know, I lived across the street from a borders Aww. and I found the occult section and it was like, since then, Right, couldn't turn back. Right, yeah. like that's it was like a magical gate- story. That's the gateway drug. Like <laughs> it was definitely the only section my parents always knew they could find me mm-hmm. in until I was old enough to use the kitchen stuff. Then I, you could also find me in oh, food cute. and styling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do your parents still think it's a phase? No, they don't. <laughs> my mom. It's funny because like my mom wouldn't let me buy books with the word witch in the title mm. for like a long time, and like didn't understand it and I really think like getting approached to write this book and then writing this book they're like oh okay we get it now like mm-hmm. we have to believe you because you're obviously like know what you're talking about a little bit so mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe that's why your book is so straightforward is there's a little bit of let me teach you how easy and how how inherent this is yeah. to me Aww. Thank you. I can see that maybe your pa- if your parents read the book, you were kind of like being like, hey guys, like this is what it is. I promise yeah. that being a witch isn't like a crazy thing. Yeah, and I think like I, my mom is from Mexico City, from the Jewish community there. And like, as, like now that I'm older, especially like I have some distance and just I'm like older and understand like, oh, like I get it. Like there's so much more stigma and under, like a different understanding around like what witchcraft is in Mexico with Brujeria. Like there is like... Hmm it's just a different cultural conditioning, you know? So I, my dad, who's a rabbi who grew up in California, like he never had a problem with me being a witch. His thing when I started writing about it was that he didn't want people to think I was evil or Satanist and Mm. that kind of thing. But he always like, he didn't care. So it's, yeah, I definitely have like a lot more compassion for them because I'm like, I I get it, especially coming from somewhere that's conservative, like Mexico City, you know, Mm -hmm. so... So I want to talk about fashion for a minute, Um, something I know you love. Um, I was so excited by your connection to fashion. and I know you worked for Vivian Westwood, um, um, but both from your ancestral history to how you incorporate fashion as a spiritual practice. um, Could you share with us a little bit more on your perspective? Yeah, sure. Um, So I, I was convinced up until I wrote this book that I was just going to like work in fashion and be a fashion editor. I have always loved clothing. Um, and when I was like in eighth grade, I was like 13 or 14. I was like, Oh, I want to be a model, but I was way too short and like decided I was, I hadn't even hit puberty yet. And I was just like watching America's next top model. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I probably can't be a model. Like I'll just be a fashion writer because I've always loved writing. And I don't even know how that thought came into my head, but that's like, I started a blog the next year. I went to college for fashion and fashion writing and like, um, have always just like thought that that was what I was going to do. And I, I had a blog for like seven or eight years, something crazy like that, that I started. And when I started writing about witchcraft, I kind of recognized that there was this overlap that I could kind of explore. Like I had this blog and I did these, I would already do like outfit photos. And I was like, 
what if I did outfit photos around tarot cards and did this like series of like nine mm-hmm. tarot cards, n- nine outfits inspired by the wild unknown tarot cards and like wrote about them into this whole post. And then I started writing about the numinous. My first like ever pitch and freelance piece was on how the death card and tarot inspired my fashion. And like, mm. I just feel like recognizing that I have to wear clothing every day anyway why don't I just like infuse it with some magic and intention? Like that kind of realization, like really just like spurred me creatively. Um, But I didn't ever think I was going to make a living by writing about witchcraft specifically. Like I went to college for fashion merchandising and print journalism. I moved out here to intern with Vivian Westwood. And then like at the end of 2016, I was like, everybody's writing about witchcraft. I think I'm not going to write about witchcraft anymore. I think I'm going to do menswear and like write about men's fashion. And then like two months later, somebody's like, oh, you want to write this book? So it's like, I guess I have to do that now. But um, <laughs> here's the door. Yeah, right. So I mean, I feel like I have, um, if you've ever, my, I have a very recognizable look. My The left half of my head has been shaved for almost eight years. And like, I did that when I was a junior in high school and like I see that like I didn't get it it's way more drastic now than it was but like I still had like a chunk of it cut off and like to me that was um what I call like my initiation into being a fashion witch because that Mm -hmm. was like the first thing I did that was a some it was like I mean I was living my parents at the time obviously they didn't let me do it so I was like my first kind of like rebellion in like a physical way and then also marked this journey of discovering myself through fashion and through glamour. Um, I also really love lingerie and that's like a part of my glamour magic. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my sex magic. So, and my like families, both sides of my family are in the garment industry and there's just like a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of like personal history with that. So I'm sorry, this is like a very long winded no, answer. No, I, I love it. This I love is why like you're here. Yeah, we're just like soaking it in like a sponge. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I loved from the chapter about fashion was incorporating the different archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm really passionate about mythology mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of um, like Clarissa Pinkola Estes and oh, her work her. with like the wild woman archetype. Mm-hmm. And reading that and just realizing that I could take on different icons mm-hmm. through fashion, which is something I don't feel super connected to. I was just like, oh. Amazing. Yeah, that makes me so happy. (laughs) I like the concept of like choosing your mood or how how do you want to be how you want to feel for the day based on your colors or whatever. Like sometimes on a Sunday, I'm like, I have to wear color because it's Sunday. And I'm usually such a like I wear tons of black. Like you can hardly find color in my wardrobe, but I will always whether it's a lip or something, I always have a pop of color on a Sunday for something. I love it's well, the thing sun. that I do. It's like shining and it's bright. And it makes me like need to have a little something. It might be gold eyeshadow. Aww. It might be one little thing, but I it's nice that. to have like ritual in your fashion. Absolutely. Too. I mean, it's such a ritual as it is. And I think it's something like, especially with glamour magic, we unfortunately have to wear clothing every single day, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. So there's already. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> there's not already, in my house. I know, yeah, right? right? Pants off always. <laughs> but there's always a ritual of like putting this outfit on. And for many of us, especially if we wear makeup, there's already kind of this ritual of doing the makeup the same mm. way. And it's like, the only thing that's missing is bringing an intention to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like you, like you were, you're gold on Sunday. Like for me, Friday is the day of Venus. I'll always wear something that makes me feel connected to her, to my mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's so easy. And I think it's such a valuable way to add some depth to your day and also some control because like 
it really your clothing does affect you and colors are like I mean it's all vibration and it's definitely you know mm-hmm. it's it can help shift things if you're feeling funky yeah if you feel good if you look good it definitely is a, a great cycle to yeah. find yourself in yeah so I love that you mentioned Venus. Yay. You have such a beautiful connection with the goddess Venus. And I love your Friday post. Thank you. Um, about celebrating her. How did you discover this relationship? And are there any other goddesses that you feel close to? Good question. Um, so when I was first starting out as a little pagan baby witch when I was like 12 or 13, I like wanted to find a matron goddess or main goddess to work with so bad. I would like ask before I go to sleep and I'd always like, I do that every night. And I had a dream that Aphrodite came to me and told me that she was my matron. And I was Mm -hmm. like 12 and prepubescent and like was totally not ready for that. So I was like, oh, never mind, no thanks. And like kind of just like ignored it. And um, just like worked with other goddesses. I've um, I'll mention that in a second, but like, I just, I just didn't work with her. Like, I just was like, no, nah, I wasn't, I was not physically, mentally, spiritually, sexually ready for that kind of energy. Um, and then a couple years ago, I honestly have been asked this before and I don't really know how it started. I, I don't, I don't know if it was like a ritual or a meditation, but I was just like, I'm going to work with Venus. And then I did this like shoot in honor of her a couple years ago at this time it was the end of the end of 2016 it was December and um I like did this shoot on the beach with my sister and like embodied her and I think that was like my first public offering to her and that's Mm -hmm. kind of when I mark like that she was my matron but I still like I can't remember the first I'll have to look through my grimoires but like I can't remember the first time I worked with her in that form but um I have always worked very intimately with um lingerie and art and poetry as a part of my magical practice and I mean, Venus had cults worshiping her. Like she loves to be adored, right? Like, mm-hmm. so for me, like I started creating, I did this series of art and poetry called Love Letters from Venus, where I would like take a, a photo and like lingerie with flowers and then write this like channeled poem for her as part of this practice and then I'd share it. Um, and that was kind of like the first step in working with her. Now, I mean, she's still my matron. I've done many different projects with her. Um, I work a lot with sex magic with her and she has like a permanent shrine in my room and, um, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's been like such a beautiful journey and I, it's interesting cause we're just hitting like the two year mark and I'm like, Aww, I love her. I love Hecate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's been such an eye opening experience about like love just in so many different facets, whether it's like sexually, erotically, like romantically. Um, and I feel like I'm always learning from her and learning about like devotion you know like I'm not perfect and I still fuck up but it's I think having just like in any kind of spiritual practice self-compassion is important but um I love her I work very intimately with Hecate too the Greek goddess of necromancy the crossroads witchcraft the the goddess of the witches um I work with Kuan Yin sometimes I love Mm. her Mm. um who else Hecate has been like one of the the big ones also Kali I love mm-hmm. her I know I was looking at that I, I have a huge tapestry of her in my room um Lilith I've like definitely worked very intimately with dark goddesses with that mm-hmm. kind of those kind of entities um but like all of these goddesses are the same they're all I mean Hecate Isis Venus Inanna Ishtar like all they're all yeah they're all faces of the same goddess right mm-hmm. so like even though for me Venus is my matron like 
Hecate is like up there. Like I feel like they're kind of like dark and light versions of dark and light, right? Quote quotes. Um, they're different dichotomies of the same the same goddess. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I love Venus. She's just she's taught me a lot about my heart. So mm-hmm. it's been good. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the self portraits that you've been posting in your your whole dark Venus. I really appreciate it's that. So, they're so beautiful. Thank and it's you. Such an awesome tribute. And Thank you. It's definitely like funny noticing how when you post like I'm like I have dried flowers and a lot of like the same decor and it's like yeah. Venus much. Yeah, I love I lo- my whole room is covered in dry flowers mm-hmm. and I think people think it's mm-hmm. some like hard thing to do and I'm like I literally use hair ties and clear push pins. I mean, <laughs> Thank you so much for telling me what to do with all of the dried flowers that are on all down. of my surfaces no, in my just, apartment. Yeah, just hang them up on your wall. Like yeah. I just, you just push pins. You have down. to, you have to just hang the them. roses up right when they're the fullest. Like you mm-hmm. can't wait, or else then the petals will fall. But like, and they don't smell as nice. Yeah, Trader Joe's roses. I, ha- I feel like I need like a, I don't know. They're, they're all over my room. You should sponsor mm-hmm. you. I know. You'll have to the sponsorship. <laughs> Did you ever circle back to work with Aphrodite? I mean, for me, Venus and Aphrodite are the same goddess. Mm. It, they they just like a different name, mm. which I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of, I, I feel like I, for some reason in this iteration, she's just Venus, but it's mm. the same in my eyes. It's just like the same, it's the same goddess. Just easing in, in your own way then. Oh, with her. Yeah. Like I, I mean, for me, like working with Venus is like, it's, she's the one that came to me in my dream, mm. even though I might not have like recognized the name. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Aphrodite is the one that was like, hey, I'm your goddess. But for me, that's like, that's, that's just, that's Venus. That's mm-hmm. the same goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, as I also work with, I mean, I work with the Greek pantheons too, mm-hmm. or the Greek pantheon too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it was, I mean, that hap, that dream came to me at 12 and then literally 10 years later when I was 22, I started working with Venus. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I never realized it was that far apart, mm-hmm. but. That's yeah. fascinating to me because you said that when Aphrodite first came to you in your dream, you were like, wow, that is a lot of sex energy. I was not ready. Yeah. And so you've grown into honoring Venus and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Aphrodite in all of the ways. And I'm wondering, what's your relationship with sex magic now that you are ready? Yeah. You know, um, like what, what caused you to begin this journey? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I don't, when was, I'm like trying to think of when I first realized I could use orgasms as a way to manifest stuff mm. or like when I first was like channeling with intention I mean like I was a late bloomer so like I feel like you know late quote unquote right there's no timeline my timeline was just this is my timeline um definitely at least like four years ago mm. I don't I don't I don't know the first time I started working with that intentionally but definitely when I started working with Venus as my matron like so I think I was on, I was on another podcast and they asked me that and I was like, oh, like, I think that's when like that overlap happened of like using my sexuality as a way to like honor this goddess mm-hmm. and embody this goddess. Like, I just, I feel like it's something like, I don't, I haven't practiced sex magic with other people. That's like my thing. Like, that's like me being in like deep sexual relationship with myself. I've never had a boyfriend. I mean, I've, you know, obviously fucked and had like lovers and all that, but that kind of stuff, but like my like I've my work has been on knowing who I am and being okay being alone Mm -hmm. and like sex magic for me is just like I feel like it just kind of naturally fit into that like when I started working with Venus and I started like using even like lingerie and just like sexuality as artistic expression and as connections like purpose and divinity like 
working with like pleasure in my own hands and like honoring myself through that just kind of naturally evolved. And now like I, you know, like this past year, like I really feel like I had to be like in very deep relationship with myself. I like really wanted love and wasn't finding love and was just like frustrated and went through all these highs and lows and Mm -hmm. was like, I need to give myself the love that I want. What does that look like? What do these rituals look like? What would that feel like to be like seen and held and like started really working with like honoring myself as Venus in a lot of ways, I guess, and like embodying that and giving myself love and that just like deepened that relationship. But when I first started working with Venus two years ago, my my big thing was not opening my heart because I feel like that's kind of not easy, but to me that's easier than keeping my heart open. So I worked with, when I was first starting to work with her, I think I was using sex as a vehicle for softening and for like getting into mm-hmm. myself and getting back and connected to my body and like reclaiming my sexuality, reclaiming my pleasure. Um, and now it's more of like, what do I actually want? Like what, what, I don't know. It's always evolving. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I'm feel like big Hecate energy right now being at like a crossroads <laughs> yeah. of like, what's next. So, um, but I've always been like very sexual, even though I haven't necessarily like been very sexual with other people. It's just mm-hmm. like always been a part of my life. I've always loved dressing slutty, like realized I was in New York in October and I was like, damn, I fucking love LA. Cause I can dress slutty year All round. The time. <laughs> like the time. yesterday I was wearing a big coat and like tights. And I was like, this is it. This is my, this is, I'm, this is my happy place. <laughs> I've been seeing the girls with really oversized sweaters and then just boots. And I'm like, how am yeah. I not doing this? How is this not my everyday costume? Yeah. So like, I just recognize I'm like sexuality is just like a part of my brand and it's a part of who I am regardless. And like Venus has just helped me embrace that. And Sex magic for me is like a big, that's been a big, big part of that practice too. I hope I answered your question. Yes. It's beautiful to have that foundation of sex magic with yourself before you involve any partners for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something I definitely recognize also. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm picky. Like I recognize that that's also a big part of why I've been single. Cause I'm like, I love myself and like, I love having, I have to love spending time with you. Like, as much as I love myself mm-hmm. like Preach. so mm-hmm. I'm just you know like my magic is powerful not not everybody deserves that so mm-hmm. yeah one day soon but um also through your social media I've seen that you also indulge in some BDSM practices yeah. and you tie them but I'm sh- into your spirituality <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I'm so funny I've never heard Thanks. that <laughs> can you share yeah. some of your experience and perspective in that realm yeah so I'm like I hit like what I consider my like first anniversary with kind of discovering kink so I'm like still a baby, like, mm. um, about a year ago or like not this past October, but the October before I did, I went on a Shibari retreat with one of my teachers and friends, Alexander Roxo, who's a fellow like sex witch. Um, and it was on healing sexual trauma and sexual shame. And it involved Shibari, which is erotic rope bond- or rope bondage. And I was suspended in ropes. And like, that was like the catalyst for me for exploring kink. Cause it's something I've always been interested in, but just like, didn't know a lot about right it's kind of I mean it is kind of like now it's not as much of an underground thing but it's just its own world Mm -hmm. so I did this retreat and then like started taking classes and started reading and kind of like slowly exploring with like different partners like I did my first scene um this summer and 
have just kind of like taken that more seriously like I've been taking classes I like went to my first sex party over in October and like Mm -hmm. but I also like I mean I definitely consider myself a switch so I'm definitely both submissive and dominant like depending but I'm so kind of like in the dominant zone with my normal life that like Mm -hmm. I'm really right now interested in being submissive Mm -hmm. and I'm also straight so I'm like it's gonna be difficult not difficult it's gonna take time to find partners who like are dudes who are dominant who aren't shitty who aren't abusive who like aren't toxic right Um, not that I necessarily only have to play with dudes but like that Mm -hmm. is for me like I feel like not so much anymore but when I started exploring this last year I was like I want to be in a relationship and I want that that ds dynamic the dom sub dynamic to be in that relationship which is just you know that's going to take a second to find but I knowing that I was like well I'm going to take this into my own hands and explore kink as part of my own sex magic rituals I'm going to like not have to involve a person because you know that'll happen when it happens um, so I've done different stuff. I mean, like I work with impact plays, a form of raising energy and sex magic. I'll tie myself up because I know like really basic ties and have some rope. Um, and then one of my favorite things that was like a really long spell was I took like a body safe candle and I car I did a sigil and I carved it and like did a whole spell and charged that. And then I used that candle as like wax plan myself during ritual. And I was like raising energy and dedication to Venus. Um, so I started kind of like, I was just like, be your own bottom, BYOB, like explore by yourself. And that's kind of been a a big part of it. And just like, I mean, it's definitely takes a little bit more creativity, right? Because that's something that I definitely like want to have a partner with um, to help me with. But again, like my sex magic practice is so sacred to me. And like, it ain't just going to be anybody that I indulge in that with. Um, But it's been, I just feel like, like I've been working with this archetype of Venus that I call dark Venus. That's kind of like, I describe her as Venus if she was a Dom. So like Venus, if she was like in control, not that Venus isn't in control of her pleasure, but Venus, if she like wanted pain as a way to transmute, Mm. you know? So my sex magic practice and kink is kind of a way for me to like embody that archetype of Venus and kind of like explore what I like and what I don't like and like what I want. And it's just like, I feel like I'm just constantly learning so much about that world. There's just so many like layers to it and so fascinating. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm just like a little bright eyed squirrel or something. Just like starting on her journey, like excited that I have my, the rest of my life to be a perv. So <laughs> I have goosebumps like at Aww. that visual of her using pain to transmute and I just have to say I am so happy that there are people like you mm. that are putting out prioritization of high quality sex mm-hmm. with themselves because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's so important and I feel that our society like mm. really disvalues that yeah so thank you for that oh my god mm-hmm. thank you for mm-hmm. that for seeing that and appreciating that yeah I mean I feel like I can do myself a lot better than a lot of other people can. Yeah. And there's no shame in yeah, that. No. And yeah, set that bar high. Yeah. I'm like, cause I'm not just gonna like, it's not like I'm just like having sex with your dick and then leaving. I have to deal with the whole person. So like- And the energy. And the energy. And I'm like, Ooh. I have high standards for myself and I am very clear, clearful, careful <laughs> of my energy. And like, yeah, I'm yeah. all about loving yourself. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. The energetic exchange with BDSM is is really powerful mm-hmm. and being very selective is like yeah. crucial. 
if you're listening to this and have oh. please be careful yeah <laughs> that your people like have references your mm-hmm. research like and i feel like I love the idea of FetLife, but it's like the up to the servers haven't been updated since like 1990 and it freaks me out. Like I want like a cool social network for pervs and goths mm. and freaks. And now with Tumblr. Oh man. So Can we like we need to make a new like social media platform that's like FetLife but good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, right? That can replace Tumblr. Like FetLife meets Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I would invest me too. Oh my all God. my money. I know, right? Like <laughs> Patreon's not on our side anymore. None oh. of them are helping out sex workers or people who just want to be naked. I just really like. Let us be, if me we're too. over eighteen. Let us just decide where we want to be naked on the internet. Okay. <laughs> no, my views are already on the internet. It's right? like they're already right? there. They're already there. Still, I mean, like I have very specific fetishes that yeah. are on Tumblr, and I know where to yes. find them. And oh, now it's no. gonna be like. Yes. Lost. I mean, oh, no. I was really messed up when they took down Craigslist because I, mm. I was meeting some really rad people on Craigslist. Really? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Like a creep since 2009. Yes, I was. And then they took a town, all the casual encounters, and I was like, how am I supposed to encounter casually now? I don't oh. know. What to- <laughs> I heard people were using misconnections like it was casual encounters. I love oh, misconnections. So good. I had a successful one once. That's never, so nice. That's a story for another time. <laughs> I've never looked at it. Or... So nice. So I love that in your book you encourage budding witches to find their own unique path and practice. Could you touch upon how to find your individuality through the craft? Oh, I love that question. Um, I think. My advice is to first off, just know yourself on a basic level outside of quote unquote outside of magic because you're never going to be outside of that. Right. So like, do you take time to yourself? Do you meditate? Do you journal? Do you stretch? Do you go outside? Like knowing yourself for any spiritual practice, for any mindful practice is the key. So like, first off, examine that. See what you like. Like if you could spend all your day doing something, what would it be? Because magic, like for me... I incorporate sexuality and fashion into my magic because those are my passions. Those are things that like are really important to me that I already have open throughout my life. So see what you already have, whether that's music or art or like, I mean, I'm sure you can incorporate science into that because there's such a range of like occult scientists, like every big scientist was pretty much an occultist. So like that's definitely like, definitely study ceremonial, ceremonial magic if you're more into that. But like, just take like inventory of what you like and if there's any rituals that you already have established, like are are there things that you do every day? Do you always tune your guitar the same way? Do you always do your paintbrushes the same way? Are you doing your makeup the same way? Like just kind of like taking like magical inventory of the things that you're already doing and what lights your world up. And then think of, see if there's one ritual that you can do every day as a way to connect with an intention of knowing yourself more and of being connected to magic more, whether that's lighting some Palo Santo or lighting a candle or like sitting and having a cup of tea, like any rituals create kind of like an energetic boundary between the mundane, like the mundane, how how mundane, however the fuck you pronounce that word between the normal and the things that you're doing every day. And then the magic things that are special it's like a ritual is kind of a way for us to tell the universe that what we're doing is intentional and it's magical and it's conscious and it's separate from our everyday life so having some kind of ritual that you can come back to every day or as often as you can because I know it's a lot to be like I'm gonna do this every day that's really big that's like my big advice and then doing some kind of like 
mindful practice. Like if you can, if you can meditate, if you can color, if you can do three pages of journaling every morning, like knowing yourself and then seeing where you can put your energy as um, an offering for something to grow. Um, yeah, does that answer the question? Oh, I love that. It's, it's like, look for where you're already resourced yeah. and then build off that. Yeah. And so great to really mention how important it is to set intentions, but how intentions can totally be easy. Like you can set an intention while you're doing your French press copy. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be any like this. certain time it doesn't of the have, moon. No. no, no, it can literally be every And when day. you do your makeup, like yeah. you can you know, I hope my eyes see the truth mm-hmm. or, you know, you oh can my gosh, literally yes. create mantras based on different parts of you're your face that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm really curious. I mean, you've, you've had such a beautiful journey and, mm-hmm. and witchcraft seems to just been a part of you forever. Like you came out being like ready to take some stuff with your ethme. Um, <laughs> and I just, I want to know how has it impacted you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you've, the way that you approach your life, the yeah. way that you go after things, yeah. the way that you finish Aww. things. I want to know how is, how is witchcraft giving you that? I love that question so much. It's something I've been thinking about a lot, actually, because <clears throat> I, when I was like, when I first discovered this, when I was like in sixth grade, I was like, I want to own a metaphysical shop and I want to be a high priestess. And then I was like, just kidding. I want to be a fashion writer, but like always, always had that in the back of my mind. I, I feel like I recognized at a really young age that I was different. I didn't really know what that means. I didn't, I didn't necessarily think it made me better than anybody else. I don't think it meant I was special. I was just like, I'm just different. Like I'm just different. And I just, instead of fighting it, I just embraced it. And I think that discover like witchcraft for me when I mean I grew up in Johns Creek Georgia and my dad's a rabbi and my mom's a Mexican Jew and like I just we had a big temple like it was just it was like a very specific experience and witchcraft became this safe haven for me it's like it really I feel like in a lot of ways it saved my life and I had a really intense kind of spiritual awakening at a young age because of it and just witchcraft for me is like it's not, I'm not just like a witch sometimes. It's not like I'm a witch when I light my candles and when I do my ritual, it's a lens in which everything, it's, I, I see everything through this lens. It It's another way of looking at the world. It's recognizing that there's energies and that there's a level of divine consciousness there and that my interactions have weight and that my mind is ultimately powerful. And like, mm-hmm. I think since so young, like recognizing that and just like having you know, it took a while for me to get to this point, obviously, but I, like I said, when I was like, I don't think I want to write about witchcraft anymore. The universe was like, LOL, bitch, no, you don't. <laughs> and came at me with this book. And I, I feel like something I'm kind of recognizing recently is that like, no matter what I do, it's going to be influenced by the divine. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm just like a spiritual person. That's just like, my purpose here and it sounds I posted this so I have like a my main account and then I have like a side account which you're talking about and like Mm -hmm. I that's more personal and I posted something about this and was like I turned 25 in like a little bit less than two months and I'm like I feel like there's you know I I feel like I'm here I'm here for a purpose I'm here to use fashion and glamour and sexuality and witchcraft to help reawaken the divine feminine and mm-hmm. help people step into this new era of like magic and this new paradigm of like 
matriarchy and Mm -hmm. it sounds lofty and maybe it is but like it is a fucking responsibility and Mm -hmm. I think that for me like when I was like I don't want to write about this anymore it's because I was like I feel like first off it's a big responsibility to do this work I mean it's a fucking honor it's a Mm -hmm. privilege but I was like I'm not worthy of it and I don't feel ready for it and Mm -hmm. like I I mean I don't have a choice I feel like it's one of those things where it's like no matter how many times you step away it's Mm going to keep coming back and like witchcraft for me is everything it's like it's I I'm so privileged in so many ways and I feel like I I mean I've definitely worked hard I've been writing for like over 10 years and I I feel like witchcraft it's like it's like my was it like reason I don't know that like my reason my reason that yeah that Mm -hmm. like the reason I'm here and it's like it's allowed me to find stillness it's allowed me to find grounding it's allowed me find me it's allowed me to find connection to the divine and magic and like it's given me this beautiful amazing crazy magical life and like it definitely does feel like you know a responsibility I feel like I, I was in New York this this October and like I came back and I was like Instagram feels like work now like it's not really fun anymore like it's fun but I was like wow like there's so many people interacting with me and there's so many people that are witnessing like what I'm doing and like I have an impact and it it's like it's it's kind of a lot sometimes Mm. but it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of women and people have died for us to be able to claim the word witch like Mm. it is you know like people are still being killed around the world for it like I had my grand my dad's parents were in concentration camps like I I to be able to like talk about my religious beliefs and my spiritual beliefs publicly as a living like that is the most incredible privilege and I just feel like I shouldn't be here and I'm not gonna waste this life so I'm gonna keep talking about sex magic and goddess and Yay. glamour and yeah <laughs> thank goodness wow, really <laughs> thank powerful you. insight thank you mm. um so going back to your book yeah and going back to you your book is so thorough and Thank spot you. on from Thank tarot you. to chakras and explaining herbal magic to the weekly deity correspondences. Um, I'm curious, what does your personal practice of witchcraft look like? Well, today I actually hit a new milestone. I've meditated every day for the past 30 days. Wow. Thank you guys. I've like been pretty good about meditating the past year, but like never like this consistently and it feels really good. Mm. But my personal practice is always evolving. Um, I work very closely with the cycles of the moon. So almost every new moon and full moon, I'll do some kind of spell, definitely some kind of ritual, um, whether that's for love, for connection with Venus, for healing for somebody else. But I definitely like time myself by those phases as well as the quarter moons. Um, again, I, I work a lot with Venus, so a lot of sex magic. Um, I have, I need to get a new devotional candle for her, but I have a devotional candle that I light every day. Um, but as far as my morning practice, it's always evolving right now. It's doing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which is, um, a ceremonial magic ritual. I do that and then I'll meditate for 10 minutes and then I'll pull three car tarot cards and then I'll journal about that and then do, um, like some intentions and then gratitude. Um, I've done that where I do yoga in the mornings and we'll do breath work. And I think for the the new moon on Friday, I'm going to like up, up that and add some chanting and stuff, but meditation, tarot journaling are like the three and now the LBRP, but those are like the three 
big things that I do more often than not, even if it's just like pulling the cards every morning. But um, my magical practice is is kind of varied. Like I have my morning practice and then I'm just kind of constantly like talking to goddess throughout the day and my guides. And, you know, like I feel like I don't know if this is an air sign thing, but I I have so many intense spiritual like moments in my car when I'm driving with the windows down like Mm -hmm. that's like a time for me to like really get in my heart and really be present especially in California and LA where it's so beautiful all the time like having the windows down Mm -hmm. and that for me is a spiritual practice therapy I've been back in therapy for like over a year and that's part of my practice for me um but a lot of like glamour magic meditation tarot um working very intimately with the divine feminine like my meditation's kind of are colored by whatever I need that day Mm. um, slash that week. But a lot of moon magic, a lot of candle and sigil magic. I love candle magic. Um, A lot of like burning incense and herbs and offerings. But it's like working with goddess, sex magic, glamour magic, moon magic, and then like meditation and that kind of thing are like my my main and candle magic, like my mainstays in my practice. And crystals and stuff. There's there's so many layers. Astrology, <laughs> magic, knowing like the new moon and the full moon and what the signs are, and there's yeah, there's layers. <laughs> so before we say goodbye, we're wondering what magical projects are in store for you. What's Ooh. what's next for Gabby herself? I love that question. Um, hopefully working on book two soon, Ooh, which will be really fun. Um, I'm gonna be offering online workshops starting in the new year, probably around my birthday. Um, I do new moon rituals every month at free people santa monica we have ours on wednesday for the sagittarius new moon um hopefully like i think one of my friends and i are going to start like some kind of sex magic art offering thing i'm not sure quite what it looks like but she's amazing she's a burlesque dancer and an amazing magician you should keep us in the loop i will absolutely (laughs) we will rsvp really obviously we have interest gonna be some kind of like online thing so it's gonna be accessible but um always more workshops always more pieces um definitely feel like kink and sex magic have been such like a big part of like my work i'm definitely going through like an upgrade of some sort so i'm i'm sure that there's gonna be stuff with that i did actually an event last month um where i like tied my friend up and sacrificed him as like the cis heteropatriarchy and the name is dark goddess <laughs> so hopefully more stuff like that more events but um yeah kind of at a crossroads on it right now so we'll see what's we'll see what's next also exciting thank you for thank being you. vulnerable with us oh, and thank sharing. you so much for asking me beautiful questions i really appreciate it <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Sex Magic Podcast. You can find us at sexmagicpodcast.com, on Instagram at sexmagicpodcast, or send us an email or recorded audio clip if you'd like us to answer your question live at sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com.